0: Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the city Bug Show. Welcome back to another Chance for May Shit Tuesday. Oh yeah, oh yes, oh yes. You know, I wish I was actually doing this while it was like my first full day living in an, a, an entirely different province. But I have to do this before because I just don't want to get sidetracked. Let's just put it that way. But nonetheless, we're going to coin this one the follow-up. Guys, it's all about... Looking at your personal transformation. You know, just a day after immigration and seeing all these people come in, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, Colombia, uh, Azerbaijan, Yemen. A lot of students. A lot of potential. A lot of potential clients. Pakistan, who I'm going to be bringing on as a legitimate student. First, like, real online, online student from the Middle East. I'm so grateful for this. But it was never like this before. You know that. I had to build up that online persona. But even before that, let's talk about, of course, going back from Tough mutter, and then having that journey. I remember I met this girl. I completely forgot her name. I think I saw her online somewhere. Maybe 2016, 2017. I have no idea. I forgot her name. I know she went to one of the top universities here, but... I met her on the day I bought the Napoleon Hill book. And she came up to me and she was just so cool. She was so funny. She was amazing. But she was there for the first couple of months during my personal transformation. I remember she was beginning to get very, very pushy about a lot of things, you know. But at the beginning of 2016, that's when I started making my podcast, as you guys already know. And, you know, I was just documenting my journey, there were so many things that happened at the beginning of 2016 that was just so difficult. I remember the first job, uh, the business that I used to work at, and they went out of uh, out of order. That's right, COVID shut them the fuck down. But you know what? Their business had COVID for like a year already. All right, so because that guy was just shit no matter what. But <sighs> I remember one of the things I had to overcome in the first half of that year. Was working at this specific place, and I remember there was probably about five teaching rooms, a variety of different teachers. They were all under the age of 30, and I never really quite understood why they would just hire teachers under the age of 30. But looking at the CEO and even looking at the staff now, when I walked into the doors, I remember there was a girl named Anna, oh, fuck, and uh, uh, Andrea, uh, Ty, which is weird, uh, the Andrea, of course, and Kate. There we go. And there was another girl from Bootydom. Oh, my God. They were, like, the nicest women ever. They really were. No, there was actually, like, four of them. But if I look over to my right and I look at the sales team who were on the computers and the other people, they would give me some of the dirtiest looks. This reminds me of one of the schools that I had worked at with uh, in the beginning uh, by the name of Westminster. And... Anytime I walk in there, and they were in a very racially infested area, let's just say it's like a cross between Horrorism, okay, prostitution, and very high society. So you have these international, some of the top international schools in Asia and all of the world in this neighborhood, but you also have degenerates and pedophiles in this neighborhood. So it was a concoction of a lot of different things. But I'm just telling you guys from personal experience, because these are the things that I had to overcome going back to that job in 2016. Those students were reckless. No offense to my Japanese. I know you guys listened to me sparingly on here. Not as much, obviously, as the 10,000 plays you guys racked up over the course of two years on my ESL podcast. Thank you very much. But a lot of Japanese housewives would learn at this place. And a lot of them would always come in and say, I want only a white teacher. And so... Anytime I sit next to them, I didn't really make I me. Mean, I didn't really understand a lot again, but I sat down and I remember this Japanese lady was looking at me. She got up. She moved to another seat. I went to go buy a coffee. She got up. She moved to another seat. And I remember I I, I finally noticed and said, is she really trying to get away from me? I was getting ready to enter my room. She looked at me. she hurried up and walked away. And so I had to have some real conversations because there were even classrooms that I walked by and those students gave me horrendous looks. Now, I will give my grace to Josh at the time. I don't know if he was there anymore after I left and whatnot. Um, He probably was. But the, 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 the high turnover with the teachers, it was like every three months. It was really bad, really, really bad, given the fact that, you know, this place should have been loaded with a bunch of classes back in 2016, which they did and which they had. But, you know, I remember the last thing that had happened was this lady. She looked me up on YouTube. She's like, oh, yeah, I see that you teach TOEIC. I was like, yeah, she's like, we have a class. And I was like, yeah, and I, um, and I talked to Josh about it. He's like, listen, I, re- I personally really want to give you the class, but the CEO said no because you're black. And I'm like, what does a tone of the skin have to do with the amount of competency you have in teaching an academic course? And then I realized I said, well, if the CEO's disgustingly racist like that, of course, everyone else below is going to be just like him, too, including the students, because uh, like attracts like if you're racist, you're going to attract other racist people. I remember I threw up. a Yeah, uh, I sent them an email probably in April and I was like, hey, man, hey, Josh, man, thanks for everything. I'm done. And I sent it to Matt, who was above him, two Americans. Great. Amazing guys. Caucasian. And I remember Matt, he's like, Arsenio, I absolutely understand. I remember I used to see some of my students and see the looks that they would give you when you walk by the classroom. Guys, racism was at an all-time high towards the end of 2015, and I still had to overcome that in my daily life. You know, just right around the corner from that place was another place by the name of Paradigm. And I love it because the, the women who I'm actually co-partnering with right now, they literally just took half of Thailand from that specific uh, language center because people no longer have to commute all the way to Bangkok to to take a test they can actually take it from over there so when they come when they become certified in other places you know other like you, you know different um what test preparation courses it's over but i remember it wasn't the korean lady who advertised Let's say $25 an hour, but she went to give me $13 an hour. And I'm like, and she's like, oh, no. When I told her, I was like, yeah, what you advertised. That's how much I want. Oh, no, we can't. I'm, I'm like, huh, wait, what? What do, you, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. So, wait, you're not going to advertise me? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, not advertise. You're not going to pay me what you advertise because you think I'm black? And sure enough, it was that. What just what I think at the beginning of this year, the lady who I work with, you know work for and who I'm partnering with and who you guys at this time I will be under the umbrella out there in the other province, um, I, I she you know the the conversation came up. She's like, oh well, you know, she didn't want to hire you. She's like, I'm the one that picked you out. I was like, how many applicants? She said, oh, there was more than a hundred. And I was like, why'd you pick me? She's like, I had a feeling about you. She saw that consciousness level in that picture. She felt it, perhaps. But the Korean lady said, no. She said, why? Because you're black. And of course, that my co-partner right now, she, she stuck up for me at that time. Didn't even know me. She stuck up for me. She's like, you cannot pick and select a teacher based on the color of their skin. What is this? Is this 1950s America? And again, there was no Netflix at that time. Netflix was just barely entering the Thai market in 2016 but again, it was a lot of demons. Can you imagine that guys being denied in that that specific video of Toic has like fifteen thousand views? Not that that matters not that that really is even anything because YouTube I could really give a damn about youtube but It's it's not about the watch time, it's not about the hours, it's not about any of that. It's the fact that I look at myself and say, oh my god, you know, I don't understand, I'm so grateful, because when someone told me I couldn't do it, I realized that I was the best at it. But even saying that, watching that Language Express just completely closed down, shut down, and, and that was it, that was a beautiful thing. I saw it coming. I'm not like, yeah, that's what you get, racist, fuck you. No, 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 no. I'm just just saying, whatever goes around comes around. Whatever you put out must come back. If you're ugly, you will receive ugly. I don't give a damn if you're a CEO, have this or have that, you will fail. And, you know, from 2016 up till now, are there still racists? Of course there are. You know, racists? Of course there are. I think at that time, I think the majority of Thai, I I would have to say maybe 80% of Thai women were about, they were racist. Now, I would say about 35%. And this is all due to Netflix. Now, again, if I go up to them and ask them, hey, are you racist? uh, You know what I mean? I don't give a fuck anymore. If you're racist or not, I really don't give a fuck. Let's just put it that way. But that lady... Who's, who didn't want to hire me because I'm black, she ended up giving me some like leftover classes, which is really funny, because I I don't know who it was at that time, but there were a couple of others there, and they were like, hey, we're going to give you this class, okay? And I'm like, sure. And they all like, I saw her like laughing about it. They were like, oh yeah, those two women. And this one white guy came in. He's like, you know, I was teaching her the present simple. And they just didn't understand or they were on their phone. And I'm like, dude, no one gives a fuck about the present simple. Of course, I knew this four years ago. But I'm like, dude, you're just getting it all wrong. So those women were millionaires. They were rich beyond rich. Like beyond rich. I tried like, you know. And one was like, hey, I want you to uh, teach my staff. Uh, There's a staff of, like, 15 that I have in Cambodia at the border. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, shit, I can get about, what, $400 an hour at least, you know? Now, did that ever go through? No, but I ended up seeing that lady a year later. And. And that was probably the most amazing part. They had invited me to dinner. And I was like, oh, no, because, you know, I live in Rongsit, so I'm not going to be able to come to dinner. Which really sucks because I think that would have been a massive threshold to me meeting a hell of a lot of people. You guys got to understand, it was all about connections at that time. So they were over here giving me these bullshit classes saying, yeah, let's just give of the leftovers. He's black, so who cares? But me, I was just like sneaking in and taking shit. I was a sniper. So it's funny. She, just like a bunch of us, just, she, the Korean lady, just like the lady I used to work for, ma'am, at New Education World, right, that place that I've, to, I've said so many different things about, she did not, she couldn't get these teachers to teach this specific project TOEIC, right? And this was in the same year where I was denied the TOEIC job from Language Express, which I ultimately ended up quitting, so she was like, oh, I got this uh, project, it's like 300 students teaching TOEIC, can you teach TOEIC? I'm like, dude, yeah, I'm the man at fucking TOEIC. Alright, god damn, TOEIC is easy as fuck, compared to TOEFL and especially compared to, I, you know, like SAT and ACT, the fuck out of here, I can teach TOEIC to a fucking monkey, let's go. And so she thought she was just giving me like a bullshit ass project, but I went in there and I was just sniping. I went in there, I showed him who I was, and guess what? What can you imagine? 300 students? Can you imagine? The dean of a fucking college? The president of a college? They're like, dude, this guy is fucking legit. They ended up phoning her saying, hey, we want him back for all projects. She was like, oh my god! That Korean bitch, she just went from from being a total racist to kissing my nose. Just brown nosing the shit out of me. Oh my god, I want you to meet Matthew, he's gonna be the new one, um, could you come to us for dinner, all that bullshit, and of course me, I wasn't so much of a rebellion at my job at that time, um, I think I should have gone, but again, me living in the way outskirts of all that, But you know what I mean, so it doesn't really matter, but did that relationship end up falling apart between Matthew and him, you know, Matthew being from Michigan and whatnot, because there was a misunderstanding in regards to uh, you know those two professional women who were millionaires. But in going forth, um, I ended up taking that project. Why? Because the lady who hired me initially by looking at my p- picture pointing and saying you can't judge someone based on their skin tone, she and her friend quit. And they literally took a bunch of projects with them. And it's funny because at the beginning of 2017, the Korean bitch was just calling me all of a sudden. She's like, did any of my staff try calling you? I'm like, no. And then she messaged me. She's like, did any of my staff? I'm like, dude, no. What is going on? She's like, oh, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to tell me. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? No one's contacting me. Bitch. Next, thing you know, guess who ended up contacting me? Them. They were like, "Ricciño, we know how you teach." Uh, and I didn't know one of them so well because I would see them at quick glance. And they were like, "We know how you teach. We we uh, we, we have a, a a client, a student from a very pot. You know, uh, one of the big banks out here. She's an executive. We want you to teach her on Sunday mornings." That was the beginning of a new friendship. Now, in regards to paradigm, in regards to that Korean bitch, you know, it was like a year later, they didn't contact me for a full year, although at the end of 2017, she's like, yeah, we'll get you a visa work permit, she went AWOL for one year, she ended up contacting me at the end of 2018, saying, oh my god, uh, are you still free, Uh, you know, I'm willing to give you a full-time job, I'm like, bitch, after one fucking year? And I remember I showed up. There wasn't even a legitimate time to show up. But I showed up to this quote-unquote interview. And she was just sitting here. And I was just like looking at her. And she was saying the most outlandish shit. Like in the first two minutes, I already made up in my mind that I was gone. I should have just picked my shit up and went. But she was saying. And and like she's like, oh, like the amount of pay that they would have given me. Guys, that pure dog shit. Along with the things I had to do outside, too? No, I'm not a slave. And honestly, this place? No, no. You are a bitch. Later on that evening, um, I messaged her. And I remember there was another fallout with another student. It was a French lady. She gave me another leftover. She's like, oh, uh, well, yeah, you said you couldn't come this day. And then she learned with another guy. and She really likes him. We'll contact you. And I'm like, yeah, that will contact you. It's like, oh, no, we just literally, what she was trying to say, her real translator was saying, sorry, we gave your fucking student to another teacher to uh, bad luck. Right then and there, I blocked her email. It was at the end of 2000, uh, probably like October of 2018. I say, you are completely undeserving of me. I can't believe I would have even responded to your racist ass. I didn't, I didn't know, like, down, like, of course she was trying to hire me because there was no one else to hire at that time. But as racist as she was, I was like, oh, fuck this bitch. It's funny because she wanted to advertise me because she knew how well I was at speaking. And she's like, oh, yeah, we would like you to be at this booth and you can advertise and do this and do that. And I remember that the business, the two business women were going to be there at that specific moment. And I would have been there, there that would have been the end of a relationship, Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Like, I made so many amazing moves throughout my teaching career here. And it's funny because those two women who were there for me through thick and thin, who ended up breaking off, who ended up looking me up on a photo in a resume saying, you know what, we like him. They ended up opening another testing center in Northeast Thailand and took all of the North and Northeast Thai students. We're talking... Hundreds of thousands of them. And all of them, they'll never come back to Bangkok. No. Why would you come back to Bangkok when you could just go to the gateway of Bangkok, take the test there, stay in a a cheap place for the next couple of weeks, rather than staying in in, in a place that's extremely expensive out here in Bangkok? She stole everything. Plus COVID. Looking back on that Korean lady, she probably has a ridiculously failed business right now. And because I made all the right decisions and because... That lady at that specific time choosing me because she wasn't racist. Who had the last laugh? That transformation, guys, in twenty sixteen, going to Vietnam, experiencing what I had in Vietnam. The Jack Canfield uh, principle number five in his uh, the success principles: believe in your in yourself. That. Put him like that gave me that put tears in my eyes. You know, going over that I hate to mention his fucking name, Tony Robbins. I'm not your guru. Hearing the story about that Brazilian girl who was a sex slave in Brazil, um, going to Bali and feeling the most amazing transformation. Whereas you know those Singaporean, uh, not not Singaporean, but Singapore Airlines, um, what is it, ground staff at uh Bali Airport uh, Depensah Airport, they were playing la 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 Bamba like, on a fucking banjo, and brought me to tears before I boarded the plane to come back to Thailand, I said, oh my god, then I was like, man, I need to go to Bali, I need to live in Bali, it's so funny, I wasn't even a digital nomad, uh, but at that same time, that transformation, and hearing the Aloe Black, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, oh my god, 2016, it's so funny, I look back on that year, and I love it so much, But yeah, it was a year full of pure racism. But maybe I love it so much because I was so, that transformation within me was so important. That's probably why I love uh, 2016 so much. Because I needed it. Now, 2016, even looking at, you know, I was able to work at SCG. I was able to go back to the roots, the first place that I worked at in Thailand and see some of the parents who I had uh, who I had taught their children three years prior to that. Of course, this is four years later, Um, making one of the biggest salaries in one month in my history being here in Thailand, Um, you know, picking up a variety of different companies. And guys, I was on the move, man. It was a truly remarkable year. And even going back to Malaysia. After coming back from Bali, I remember I fucked up my visa uh, coming back from Bali. And they're like, oh, you have to get a new one. And, of course, there's rampant corruption at one of the immigration offices just outside Thailand. I mean, Bangkok. In a place called Patumtani. Oh, my God. Rampant, rampant fucking corruption. And so... They're like, no, you got to do this. You got to do this. I was like, man, fuck you guys. I'm going to go get my visa in Malaysia. Stayed at G Tower for the first time. Got my visa at the embassy. That's just about, what, 15 minutes walk away. Um, like literally at a sky bar at the top of G Tower. Now, guys, don't stay there now because G Tower is a piece of shit now. Uh, terrible service, terrible everything. Um, but back then, man, staying at the top of this beautiful tower. Oh. <gasps> Oh my God! The Sky Bar, hearing these rich people speak and laugh, and oh, so many different things, man! I just reduced to t- like that was a glo- that was a glorious year. It was. I didn't even do a Spartan race that year. I don't think I just did a Tough Mudder in Bali. That following year, that's when I started joining uh, the Spartan races. But guys, what a transformation! Do you understand? Like looking at that. Look at your tough time. Me, the Thai students, the Japanese housewives, the environment, going to different gyms, being shoved away, the racism, that was at an all-time high. 2015 was really fucking sick, but 2016, that was rough. It was really rough. But I stuck to it. What a transformation. Like I don't even know why I did. You know, looking back on it and saying, man, I'm sitting, you know, was I, I mean, what was the whole point of going through all of that? Well, I understand now. I absolutely understand now. But again, the women who had my back back then, they still have my back today. That's what it's all about building up that backbone. I always tell you guys, and I said, man, you better make sure your backbones are strongest. Absolutely. Because at any given time, anyone could leave and you just have to be ready. So just imagine me getting all these online clients, and I'm starting to pour in a lot, and people are getting to know me, and this and that. And then when I go back, you know, if something goes wrong, and they're like, "Oh, Arsenio, we don't have work anymore," I'm like, "All right, cool. I'll just work from home," because I have a self-sustaining economy, creating my own economy. You see what I mean, guys? There's so much that I'm going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks, man. But. It's just exciting, it really is. And it's funny, who would have said, oh, exciting? Man, it's fucking June and COVID, you know. But man, I think the Euro Cup should be going on right now, guys. The fucking Euro Cup should be happening right now if all this COVID shit didn't happen. The Olympics should be in two months. I'm sorry, beginning at the end of next month. It was supposed to be a glorious... I mean, the NBA Finals should probably be ending right about now. Or it would have, it will, it would have ended... By now. And all that shit is gone. All of it. But at the same time, me, I'm just sitting back and I'm like, Hey man, this is low-key. Going to be probably the best year ever. Now that Kobe Bryant, I've no, I've never met Kobe Bryant before. He, I, you could just say he's part of the other 400,000 that have passed away. And who knows how many. That's probably going to top it, a 1 million, 2 million by the end of the year. But me, I'm grateful every morning. I wake up and i'm still alive. and that's what you should do that transformation. 2016 man, that was tough as fuck. God damn, man. Those the fucking parasites i had to deal with. I wasn't a person, i wasn't like a legitimate personal development coach back then. I was just like a podcaster. Now? Man. I wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't change any of that out for the world. I needed that. I needed exactly that. Who was it that was saying that on a video? I completely forgot. It was someone that said, someone that had to prepare, oh, that's right, Jamal King. He's actually the nine to five millionaire with the Eric Thomas. Um, And he said, my parents put me in this school with all these white kids because they prepared me for what was about to happen in the real world in Chicago. Him being a cop and driving, he's like, hey, Sarge. You know, a sergeant that's above him. He has his blue shirt on. He's a blue. He's a cop. He looks at the Sarge. The Sarge is... White and he's wearing a white shirt. He gives him a disgusting look, and the sergeant asks the fucking policeman, "License and registration?" He's like, "What's up, sarge? What's what's going on?" He's like, "I'm I'm asking the questions." Can you imagine your own boss literally asking for your license and registration, and you're both cops, guys? Those transformations, like what I had to go through, what he had to go through, and now that he's a millionaire and he's inspiring future generations, just as I am sometimes we have to go through the motherfucking grit. We have to go through our go-through to get where we are. So always remember that. Keep that in mind. Right now, you guys are going through your go-through right now. I know. I know you are because I had to go through it too. But I know that a lot of you are also coming out on top. And you guys, after this, if you didn't change for whatever reason pre-COVID as to post-COVID, I mean, there's really nothing else that's going to change you then. Because this had to literally pull you and like bring you into a completely different realm. If it didn't, oh my god, we have a bigger problem. So, in saying that, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to a Transformation Tuesday. Oh boy, there's going to be a lot of lives and a lot of other things that, that are going to be coming back real soon. So stay tuned for that. And as always, man, I am your host Arsenio. Over and out.